Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, we're going to talk about why it's so damn hard to take time for yourself away from your kids. And I'm really going to try to give as many, honestly, as examples as I can. I'm going to try and give as many examples as I can, humanly possibly do, because this shows up in so many different ways. And it is so incredibly important for you to recognize, honest to goodness, like the brain science behind the feelings and the neurology behind why we are stopping ourselves or why you aren't going to do the thing. And it's understandable. It's normal. But is it healthy? No. I can tell you hands down, it's not healthy. But our brain is patterned to believe certain things, our brain builds patterns in order to keep us safe. And we aren't recognizing that that's what's happening, even when potentially doing something could possibly be the best thing for us, but our brain is thinking that it's a threat. So let's dive in, okay? I'm talking about doing things for yourself, such as literally daily, daily, not generationally or yearly, I'm talking about daily, like daily self-care. Okay. Maybe even travel. You have a really hard time traveling away from your kids or maybe on a, you know, dad's trip, girl's trip, uh, whatever it is. Maybe you're single and you have a really hard time justifying to yourself going on dates or having nights with your friends or stepping away from giving your children time that you otherwise would rather than them being with a sitter or nanny, right? All of this that I just mentioned, and there's so many more things, work and traveling for work and full-time versus part-time. And like we could, the list could go on and on and on and on, right? But all of this at the end of the day is taking time away from our children. I believe that the pattern that is built in terms of why this takes place is simple. It's simple because in the beginning, when we first have our children, especially if you're female, especially if you're breastfeeding, you literally can't like you can't unless you're, you know, shipping breast milk back or you're pumping on a trip or you're, you know, freezing it and and carrying it through security at the airport, like not to mention you're so exhausted and you don't know what's going on with the kid and you're trying to figure out their cries and they're hungry. It happens from the get-go. And 
we don't recognize that we're creating and building this pattern of they need me. Like they need me to survive. And that is the honest to God truth. They do need you to survive in the beginning. And we do not take enough recognition and understanding of, got it, that pattern was built. This is normal to feel this way. It is so normal to guilt and shame myself from taking time away from my children, no matter what that looks like, reason being. I oftentimes see clients, humans, heck, even me at times, somehow we make our entire lives about our children that we literally even forget we exist or that we had an experience as well as our children or that we have a voice or that we have a right to feelings of an experience. Think of it this way. Have you ever been asked how you're doing and you end up only talking about the kids rather than yourself of like, I'll give a perfect example. Hey, Brooke, how was, how was Father's Day? How was that for you? Well, I, you know, I think the kids actually did really well. And, you know, this, they, we kept them busy and this is that, like, whatever my answer is, right? Rather than me being like, you know, thank you so much for asking. It, we made it through and I made it through. And, of course, I had it in my mind all day long. And there were emotions that came up within me. But I, you know, kept the kids busy. and. I knew that would be best for my own brain as well. And at the end of the day, I took some time for me and I really released the tears and, and, you know, moved through a lot of emotion and allowed myself to just experience the day for myself. Like how often do you get that answer when you ask someone like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, how, how was last week? How was, how was the trip? Oh, the kids really enjoyed Disney or it's not like, oh gosh, like Disney was so dysregulating for me, but we did it for the kids. And like, this is how I supported myself. But like, we forget to talk about ourselves. I'll give you another example. One of our current clients who was working with Brittany, her daughter had to go to the orthopedics or something like that because her daughter is not using one of her arms right now after she got back from a trip and she, you know, was making sure if it was popped out of socket, maybe at daycare or something like that, an accident, of course. But when Brittany said, how did you feel? How was all of that going into the doctor's office? How was all that for you? She just kept talking about her daughter. And absolutely, like there's anxiety, there's stress, everything is going on within that moment. Like the emotions and stress and anxiety about your daughter, like all those matter. How did it feel for you? You are entitled to have feelings, emotions, and matter within an experience. And I believe that we get in this state of only focusing in on our children that we totally forget we exist. So then when we think about going and doing something for ourselves, taking a trip or a day off or heck, even an hour for yourself or like, I don't remember the last time I went and I don't know, had a meal by myself or who knows what, right? Or go to a concert or a movie or this or that. We literally forget how to exist. Our brains forget it because we've been patterned to think only about our children. You know, I mentioned traveling, day-to-day self-care, going on dates. Heck, I can, I can tell you for me, like every single time I step away from my children, it's not even that I have a co-parent and I get like 50-50 or something like that where I get time off. So I just, you know, push through until I get my quote break or time for me to reboot my system. 
And Jonathan and I were separated prior to his passing. So I had that and I knew what that felt like. And it was a beautiful, beautiful experience for me. I was like, wow, this is such a beautiful balance. I don't have that. I don't have that anymore. Not at all. It's okay, right? I've dealt with it. But every single time I step away from my children, they need to be taken care of by someone who I know, love, and trust. Because I can't just leave them with anyone because it matters. Because there are times where I do have to step away. There are times where I do have to do things. And so I can't just leave them with some random Joe Schmo. of just like, ah, eh, it's fine. It's no big deal. They're with us most of the time. Us, right? It's just me. So I know how hard and painful and difficult and the shame and guilt and all the different things that can come up with stepping away from our children. I even had this when Jonathan was living in my own home. I will never, ever, ever forget. I used to find time to go to the grocery when it was best for Jonathan, which meant when the children were napping when they were super young. And that's how uncomfortable I felt back at that time in my life of ever stepping away, of ever doing anything for myself. And I got to tell you, when I was at the grocery, I was a flipping nervous wreck. I was like, I got to hurry. I got to go. I got to get these things. I got to get back. I hope the kids don't wake up. He's tired. He's exhausted. Jonathan's stressed out. Obviously, you know, Jonathan had severe depression. Like I was like, I got to make this easier on him. And I just put so much on myself and I forgot that I even fucking existed. I, I totally forgot. Like it was about everyone else. That is not a healthy place to be. And I would say hands down, part of this journey for me has been little tiny baby steps into finally taking action to take care of myself and saying, damn it, I matter. And it is okay to step away. It is okay. And I'm saying I did this years, years, years before Jonathan passed. That was honestly probably part of the reason why Jonathan and I separated was because I finally was like, I'm drowning too. I need to support myself. I need to take care of me, which meant sometimes literally going to walk around the block. And for him, it was like, what the heck is going on? He, he didn't quite understand. So I would love to talk to you a little bit about the big stuff, the big stuff that you need to know. Like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Yes, I, I fall into this category. Guilt, shame, got it. Check, right? I don't do things for myself. I don't travel. I don't go on dates. I don't, I, I don't do anything. You know, I work. I, I fold laundry. I cook dinners. I, I wipe poop and I go to bed. And then I do it all over again, rinse and repeat. And I wake up every morning thinking to myself, is this my life? Like, is this it? Is this all I get? Because I got to tell you, I did that at one point in my life. I was like, this, this is what the fuck is like, this is not what I thought this would be. Like, is this it? Is this all I get out of this life? Like, is this it? And I got to tell you, there is more, there is more, but it requires you to know what's coming. And that means the feelings that are about to happen if you do choose to finally go take time away and or even find a moment of self-care for yourself or say yes to the friend's night out or go do the golf tournament. Oof, golf is hours and hours, but I got to support the dads too. And women, if you golf too, I don't golf. So 
when you step away, <laughs> I'm laughing because you're not going to like this. When you step away from your children, I want you to think of it as an addiction that you're breaking. Like literally like sugar. Why do you think when people talk about sugar and breaking the habit of eating sugar, they talk about how uncomfortable it is for the first few days? It's because your brain is used to having that. It's literally the same thing. Your brain is used to not leaving your children's side and making your life all about your children and zero about yourself. So it will feel wildly uncomfortable. And that's why I laugh because it's like, I'm about to tell you that it's going to feel uncomfortable, but it will. But having that knowledge of like, okay, she said this is going to feel uncomfortable. So like, I, I know that and I'm going to trust this process. I'm going to trust it. When you step away from your children, what your brain is going to do is your amygdala is going to set off alarms and say, ding, 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 which is like a smoke detector. And the smoke detector is going to say, I sniff out danger, alert, alert, abort, abort, stop, drop, and roll. The house is on fire. Like whatever your brain does, that is literally going to turn and manifest into anxiety, stress, guilt, shame, overwhelm, like all the different feelings to the point where that's when you probably say no, or that's when you probably turn the car around and go home. But if you booked a flight and you're, you're on the plane, you got like, you're stuck, right? But that's what stops you from booking the flight is those feelings. But think of it this way. When you do a cleanse or like, I don't know, I've never really done a cleanse or anything like that where it's like a five-day juice cleanse, you know? The first few days are wildly uncomfortable, apparently, because your body and brain is like, hello, I don't understand. This is not what we had in mind here. This is not our normal routine. Any shift from the normal routine, your brain will be like, huh? I don't understand this. Like, what is going on? So most humans... I find have zero knowledge and recognition of this in terms of, okay, I have the awareness to know that this might feel uncomfortable. Not only do they not have the awareness, they don't have the trust. So when you feel the discomfort or feel like you need to stop, drop and roll, what you're going to do is stop, drop and roll and run back in the house to be with the kids, right? If, if they're crying because you've walked away and you're about to go on a date night, right? And you're like, oh, I can't go. We can't go. We got to cancel. They're crying, right? Your heart is literally ripping into two. That's your brain saying this does not feel safe. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the reality. It could very well be safe. It just means that's what your brain is, is spitting out in the moment. And then we also don't believe that it will ever go away. That feeling, that, that, alert, alert, alert feeling of even anxiety, panic attack, stress, fear, depression. Like we fear that it will never go away. Breaking sugar habits, right? Like we fear that this will never go away. So we just, it feels so wildly uncomfortable. Drugs, addictions, like alcohol, like this feels uncomfortable. This feels uncomfortable. It's so much easier to just grab another drink. It's so much easier to just grab another cookie and be like, fuck it. It's so much easier. But if you have the awareness of like, okay, I know this is going to feel uncomfortable. I hate this feeling, but I have to trust this feeling. You have literally unlocked the magic box to the rest of your life. I'm not kidding. Like if you have that mindset to no matter what's going on, not just why it's hard to step away from the kids, 
If you're in a toxic relationship and you need to figure out how to get out and the fear is stopping you, but you know and trust, okay, she said this is going to feel uncomfortable for my brain. It may feel uncomfortable for a, a few minutes, for a hot minute, but to trust and know that you can get through it, that's the secret sauce to life. And that's building resiliency in your brain. That's building that window of tolerance in your brain of saying, okay, amygdala, I see you, but I'm going to let you know that I'm safe here. It may feel uncomfortable, but I need you to recalibrate. I need you to do some more coding. And I need you to be able to trust that the discomfort is totally normal. I got this. And I'm letting you know, amygdala, that I am safe. So let's, let's simmer down. So the next time that you choose to step away from your children, these are the steps I'd like for you to take almost as collecting data. Every, literally everything I do is about collecting data. Just, just collect data for your life. Stop shaming, stop guilting. Just be like, okay, that's what that was. Let's say you're going on a trip. I want you to check in and see how you're feeling prior to leaving. Like, how am I feeling? Am I feeling anxious? Am I okay? Just allow it, right? Most of the time, you'll be stressing out about the list and leaving all the things for the grandparents or the this or that or whoever the kids are staying with that you won't even think about yourself of how this may feel to leave your children. Step away. And you can literally do this whether you're going, like I said, out on a date or if you're about to step away from your partner or if you're about to embark on a new career or quit a job or go out for girls night or heck, like walk around the damn block for a second. Like check in, how do I feel before and honor those feelings? Tell yourself it's okay to feel those feelings, whatever's going on, but still do the damn thing. Still do it anyway. Still do it. Look that amygdala in the face, which is really look the fear in the face and, you know, and be like, uh-uh, like I got this. I can feel the feelings and still do the damn thing. I can still do both. Still do both. The next step, again, let's go back to that travel example, is how do you feel on day one? You might feel wildly uncomfortable. Check in again if it's just stepping away for a little bit. How do I feel on hour one? How do I feel on hour two? How do I feel in day two? How do I feel on hour three? How do I feel in day three? There are different levels or amount of discomfort. And I have a whole podcast on this as well as I have a vlog on YouTube where I documented my experience to help you see literally a day-to-day -day process of what it looks like for me to regulate my nervous system. And I thought I was regulated even when I got to my experience. Every single year I do one week where I step away from the kids, the kids go see my mom, and I completely just do like a reboot and a healing for myself. And I'm about to do it in a few weeks. But if you watch that, you see, I was like, damn, I thought I was pretty regulated when I got here. I start talking slower. I start eating slower. I can taste the food better. Like you have to allow time because again, your brain is going to go haywire for a second. And you in that split moment or in those, those days or weeks or whatever it is, you have a choice in that moment of, to succumb to the fear and eat the damn cookie, even though you're trying to break sugar. Or you can say, nope, I am safe. I can do this. I can support myself through this. I can give myself what I need through breaking the sugar habit. Or I can give myself what I need through the fear of leaving my children or, or walking away to go do something for myself. Or how does it feel when I go to the gym, right? And start implementing that into my life. You can 
feel the discomfort, but trust that it's natural, it's normal, and your brain just needs a little bit of time to settle down. Literally settle down. Yeah, it's like, uh-huh, what, what, do you, what, huh, wait, hold on, back it up here. Can we go back? Like, that doesn't feel good. This isn't normal. This does not feel safe. And you're like, mm-mm, this feels safe. Now, I'm going to remind you of, like I said, how does your brain and body feel day one, two, three, hour one, two, three? It takes our brain different amounts of time to regulate from different experiences in our life. So let's say your children are out of school and now to summer. That may take, that transition may take about three weeks. Yeah. Let's say you had one day off from school in the middle of the school year. That may take about three days to kind of get settled back in. Let's say you break up with a boyfriend or you switch schools for your kids. Three months. Let's say you move houses. Probably three months. Let's say you move states. Three years. Divorce. Three years. Loss of a spouse. Three years. And I cannot tell you how true to the mark this is. Year one was vastly different than year two for me. And I'm in my third year and I knew I was like, come on, year three, bring it on year three. I'm like, Cell's getting her groove back year three. Like I waited for that year three very, uh, I don't know if I was about to say very patiently. I don't know if I waited so patiently, but I knew that this would feel different. And I'll give you an example. Year one and two, I, I could barely do dishes. I could barely do laundry. I, I could barely do anything besides show up for my kids, focus on the business, because it was a wonderful, healthy, beautiful outlet for me and support myself wholeheartedly, hot mess and all, like total hot mess, like lean in, like go listen to my podcast with my nanny Lolo and you'll get the details of like exactly what it looked like year one versus year two versus year three. But like I'm now, no joke, able to do dishes and laundry. And while that sounds like a tiny little thing, that is ginormous for me. That is huge for me. And I don't take those things lightly. And I have such awareness because of the work that I do. And really, this is what I train my clients to have is they get to see from working with me how their first year went of regulation, how their second year, how their third, like they get to finally start tracking how they're doing internally and neurologically. And so for me to be able to do the dishes, do the laundry says a lot about where I am capacity wise and where I'm at in my healing journey and where I'm at the level of energy and, and emotional energy I have. And I'm explaining that example because if you track how you feel from our, let's say a lot of times I give my clients a homework experience of taking three hours for themselves. First of all, they have no idea what they would do. Second of all, they, I want them to feel the discomfort from hour one to hour two to hour three. If you really lean into that exercise and figure out how you felt hour one, it's probably going to feel like you're still, you know, thinking about the to-do list, the kids schedule for the week, all the different things. Hour two, you might feel like, okay, like, what is this all about? Like, what am I supposed to feel? Okay. I'm not really thinking I've moved through all those thoughts in my head about the checklist and the to-do list for the kids. So now really what am I, what am I doing here? Hour three, hour three is like the most healing hour you'll ever have in your life in terms of like, 
actually being with yourself, thinking about the things that matter to you, maybe processing experiences that you've really pushed down for a while, enjoying yourself, being present, being happy, being peace, being feeling peace, being calm and present. Like that's the good stuff, but it requires you to live through the discomfort to get to the good, to get to the good. And you are so capable of that. So incredibly capable of that. I would say if you can take this and say, okay, I have the knowledge. I know it'll feel uncomfortable. I believe in myself. I know I can sit through it. I can support and regulate my nervous system through discomfort. Like that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I've done from the moment I made the decision to start giving myself self-care and really taking care of my brain and body is said, okay, brain, you're safe. Okay, brain, you're safe. And anytime I felt anything, I cared for those emotions. I took care of myself. If I had to cry on the floor, I cried on the floor. If I had to scream into a pillow, I screamed into a pillow. If I had to walk in the hot ass Texas sun for an effing hour to sweat it out and cry it out and just be with my thoughts, that's what I did. And again, if you go back to the podcast, Lola was like, it kind of looked bad shit crazy. It may have. But I knew that's what I needed to do for me to be able to move through that discomfort and rewire, as I often talk about, rewire my brain into you're safe, you're safe, you're safe. And I got to tell you, I don't necessarily think that I would be able to have built the business that I've built, run the business that I've built, support the individuals that I support, support the staff that I have, support my children, have friends, have family have time for myself, have the self-care I need, and really have mental health if I did not honor that discomfort, if I did not have knowledge on that discomfort, and if I did not allow and trust that discomfort. Oftentimes when I, and I'm going to go back to the travel example, oftentimes when my clients travel, I ask them, I need you to check in how you feel day one from day two to day three especially if they go out of town with their partner, because what ends up happening is I love for them to see how they feel slightly disconnected. And as day two and then day three comes, their connection comes back and they feel so aligned and they feel so connected and, and in love. And it's like, Oh, right. I forgot. I forgot we existed as humans before kids, but those feelings are so important. And having the knowledge of, okay, day one might feel a little disconnected. Day two might feel a little like, hmm, like this feels awkward. Day three is like, holy shit, we're back on track. If you know that, if you have the awareness of the discomfort that may show up in whatever type of experience we're talking about here, leaving a job, leaving a spouse, going on a date, I don't know, going, like I said, going to the grocery store while your partner watches the kids, like whatever it is for you, it could be the most tiny, tiny, itty bitty thing. It matters for you. Instead of me walking around that grocery store being so wildly uncomfortable and anxious and rushing to get back home, I should have popped earbuds in and like danced in the aisles and enjoyed my time away from the kids. And I, I the mundaneness of walking down the grocery aisles, like I, I should I should have been able to support myself in the way that I needed, but I allowed that amygdala. I allowed that stop, drop and roll feeling. I allowed those fears, the guilt, the shame, the lack of owning my own 
existence, honestly, within this world, I allowed that to dictate my life. I allowed that to be the guiding ship. And what I'm telling you is there is an incredible ability for you to become the captain of your own ship, despite the feelings, discomfort, guilt, shame, like despite whatever comes up for you, you have the ability to do that. And again, I laughed because I was like, ooh, it might be wildly uncomfortable. Is it doable? Yes. Are you capable? Yes. Is it worth it? You better fucking believe it's worth it. It's worth every ounce of moments away and self-care and self-love. And you better believe it. Because when you come back, it's, it's magic. Because you have given yourself what you need to then show up for your children and show up maybe for your partnership or show up for yourself. You have gifted yourself the gift of, I don't know what else to say, mental health. Like you have gifted yourself that in order to be present and happy and have patience for your kids. And if you keep neglecting and if you keep pounding the pavement. And if you keep letting that fear dictate your life, you will say no to the trip or the event or the self-care or the workout. Like you will continue saying no, or you'll continue saying no to stopping sugar, like whatever it is for you. But if you understand that this is your brain and that you can become the captain of your ship, you are un stoppable in every aspect of your life. And I know, I know you can do it. I know you can, because if I can do it, you got this. So until next time, take care of yourself. If you notice, I say that at the end, take care of yourself, like go freaking do the thing three hours. Yeah, go do it. You're worth it. XOXO, Dr. B.